0: It's the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. The T Wolves fall short today versus the Clippers 89 88. I got our expert, Jack Borman. He's going to help us break it all down. And it's all coming up next on the Lockdown Wolves Postcast. You are Locked On Wolves Postcast, part of Locked On Minnesota on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up? What's up? Back in the lab, back at it. Another T-Wolves Postcast episode right here on the Locked On Sports Minnesota Network. You got myself, Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman. That's the man, Jack Borman, on Twitter, at J.R. Borman13. And Jack, before we jump into all the action, quick reminder Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers, you're getting $150 in bonus bets with any $5 bet. That's $150 bucks if your $5 bet wins. Visit fanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Okay, brother, Uh, Wolves coming off that tough overtime loss versus the Kings Friday night. They're hosting the Clippers who, you know, just breathing down their neck. They're trying to claw their way atop this tough Western Conference. And Wolves get off to this fast, red-hot start. They got up, what, 14-0 to start this one. Target center on your feet. That place was rocking. Cat led the way early on. But then everything just kind of cooled off slowly but surely. I mean, cat started to get double-teamed. Ant did what he could, when he could. But for the most part, you're kind of just waiting for someone else to step up and help out and take over. Mike Conley, zero points on just four shots. Nas Reed, 0-7 shooting, huh? Jaden McDaniels coming off those two great games, by the way, offensively anyways. He went just three for nine, six points. So it was like after the first quarter, This one really kind of turned into like a Kawhi Leonard versus Anthony Edwards type of game. And then the big X factor for me anyways, I mean, the Clippers had Norman Powell, who anytime had just a sliver of room. He was knocking down shots, six of eight from three, 24 points off the bench. This one came down to the final possession, though. In the end, Wolves lose another tough one, 89-88. Their lead in the West shrinks once again. A lot to dissect, I know, Jack, but just kick us off here to get going. Your biggest takeaways from this one.
1: Yeah, this was a capital G gross uh, basketball game. I mean, these two teams have played in some pretty tight ones um, that that have been, you know, had stretches of of really strong defense, really bad offense, however you want to look at it. Um, And then in this one, I mean, both teams sub 100 offensive rating. I don't know that that has happened in an NBA game so far this season. Um, The second lowest offensive rating of the season for the Timberwolves, 97.8. Uh, the lowest was actually the first game of the season against oh. the Toronto Raptors. Um, but, but yeah, both of these teams had one quarter uh, where they showed some, some really solid offense where they, um, you know, scored more than 30 points. And then, um, you know, they, and then in, in the other three quarters uh, you know, the teams didn't have a, a quarter scoring more than 22 points. Just neither team could really find an offensive rhythm uh, sub 40% shoot th- sub 40% shooting for both teams, sub 30%, three point shooting for both yeah. teams it honestly just kind of came down to one of those games where you needed your stars to come through and just kind of give you, you know, one or, or two enough shots uh, to, or, or get one or, or two shots to go down. And, and the Clippers got that from Kawhi, Kawhi scored eight points in the, in the fourth quarter to give them 32 for the game. And and Anthony Edwards after a really strong second and third quarter, um, you know, just only, only two points in that, in that fourth quarter. Um, and Carl Anthony Towns as well. Couldn't, couldn't find it in, in that fourth quarter as well. I, th- I think, You know, the biggest takeaway for me in this game is just the way that the Carl Anthony Towns got clamped up, right? The the Clippers put out the blueprint for for how to shut down Carl Anthony Towns, right? They let him get loose for for a couple of three-pointers in that first quarter. And then after that, they really crowded him on the catch, uh, forced him to put the ball on the deck. And then they showed him a crowd in the paint. And uh, Carl just really struggled to, to impact the game as a scorer after that. He he scored 12 points on five of five shooting in that first quarter, uh, Mm -hmm. then proceeded to miss his next 10 shots of the game. He scored six points on two of 13 shooting after that. Um, And he was scoreless in the second quarter and the third quarter. And and you just can't have that from somebody as talented as Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, he, he did impact the game a little bit as a passer. He had eight assists. I believe that is a season high for Carl. Um, and had three turnovers and only I guess only had three turnovers um, you'd still like him to, to be in that one to two range but he just played into the Clippers hands way too much I mean Jim Pete said it a couple times on the broadcast where you just like to see Carl stay spaced out and take a sidestep three or um, you know or, or do a little give and go once a guy fly by is, flies by in a contest pass it to Mike Conley or Anthony Edwards and then get the ball right back um, And we see guys like Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Jane McDaniels Um, Mike Conley even does that all the time to create more open three-point looks and um, you know the Wolves just weren't able to do that (laughs) for for Carl or Carl wasn't able to do that for himself I guess and um, you know and and the Timberwolves just didn't help themselves they couldn't get out and run in transition at all Um, they they lost 19 to 0 in transition for the second game in a row (laughs) yeah
0: brutal wow what's up with that yeah 19
1: nothing on Friday night and so um, you know, you just really need to see the Timberwolves have more sense of urgency offensively when they get a stop to really get out and run. And and they just played right into the Clippers' hands. You know, Clippers have an elite half-court defense, a bunch of guys, a bunch of length. They can switch, can defend in space. And when you're not running, you're not able to get cross matches, find any mismatches, and take advantage of those mismatches. It's just going to be really tough to score against them. Um, you know, the Timberwolves, I thought, did a good job for the most part of of trying to spread the the Clippers out in that first half. They ran a lot of spread pick and roll and, and Anthony Edwards was fantastic, uh, throwing skip passes to the corners. Um, but again, Tim rolls just didn't create enough of those shots and, and didn't make enough of those shots right on corner three point shots tonight. The Tim rolls were five of 13, 38.5% might look good on the surface, but for the a team with, uh, as much corner three point shooting talent as the Tim have, you'd like to see them, um, you know, shoot, shoot closer to 45%. So make, make six or seven of those, um, those those three-point looks and and you know when you think about the way that the timberwolves were able to create three-point looks I, i'd venture to guess that, that more than half of those came in the first 15 minutes of the game and they just completely went away from that that spread pick and roll and and again let like carl anthony towns just kind of suck the energy out of the offense with all this driving into a crowd and, and they took a lot of shots really uh really late in, in the shot clock too which is is something that that doesn't necessarily uh, bode well uh, yeah. for the Timberwolves when that ends up happening.
0: Oh, walk me through the ending just real quick. It, it gave me that feeling like you're walking out of the movie theater after watching like a, a weird, terrible M. Night Shyamalan type of ending, <clears throat> right? The Village, okay, I don't want to name name Lady in the Water, whatever. <laughs> I feel like I've seen them do this before, though. You're, you're down three, time's running out obviously they're going to give you the free two Ant takes the free two points. Now there's only three seconds left though. They can't get the foul. Boom. Cut smash, roll the credits games over like easy to say in hindsight. I know. And this is why I bring it up. I want to ask you, you okay with that type of, you know, mindset and game plan, or does that uh, drive you nuts regardless of the outcome? No, I actually didn't have a problem okay. with what
1: Ant did. Um, you know, Carl to his credit uh, didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. And so that he- you got a foul.
0: That's yeah, the next I think stage, that right?
1: you, you've stage. just got to make more of an effort defensively to, to get a foul in. I, I, I was fine with it because the Timberwolves still had a timeout. You can, okay, n- most Let times in that situation, you're able to get a foul with less than a second running off the clock. Um, I think you just got to tip your cap to Amir Coffee, right? Made a really heads up play. They, they were playing off of James Harden, I believe James Harden was the inbounder on that play. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then just came and got it back. And and the Clippers, uh, you know, basketball IQ just kind of showed there right at the end of the game. But but again, I, I, had, I had zero problem with what Ant did. Wide open lane, still had like four seconds left on the shot clock. Wolves still had a timeout. They weren't going to find anything otherwise. You didn't want to throw up a scud. Um, we've seen the Wolves have to do that more than a few times this season. We saw it on Friday night that the last play of the game there was a a complete cluster on the left side of the floor, had four guys in one spot. I, I honestly think that you, you know, if you want to point a finger, I, I guess, you know, just Chris Finch not being able to draw something up to to get a good look uh, for, the, for the second consecutive game at the end yeah, of regulation. that's and, fair. He, he normally is pretty good at that stuff. And, and whether that was, you know, the players not running what he drew up or, you know, whatever he drew up, just not working. I, I think that uh, just really unfortunate, um, you know, execution at the end of a game. And if, and if you want to, you know, point to, uh, I guess, a note of pessimism for the wolves as it pertains to more high leverage basketball that we'll see over the next month to six weeks is, is you look at a team like Denver on uh, the fourth quarter last night in clutch time, they just totally put the, pedal the floor and yeah. absolutely destroyed um, the the Lakers in the fourth quarter and a ton of set offense through Nikola Jokic and absolutely dominated them with super efficient offense and the Timberwolves yet again just continue to struggle uh, in clutch time I, I thought that they ran a lot more set offense down the stretch of this one found uh, you know some easy buckets but but again I it's it's just inconsistent right and and too much of uh, what we saw in the early part of the fourth quarter uh, ha- has defined the majority of the fourth quarter and that it's just a lot of playing against a set offense, not getting into sets early enough, not running anything. A lot of guys just looking around, standing around, uh, looking for for each other to do something and and not enough quality looks and, and, you know, ultimately not enough of the other team taking the ball to the net.
0: Let's close this first segment out with some sort of positive. I guess if we're looking and, and scratching and clawing for some sort of positive, it probably comes on you know the defensive side of the ball. That was obviously, again, pretty dang rock solid again today. And anytime you hold an offense with so much talent to 89 points, that says something. You mentioned it. Both teams shooting efficiency absolute garbage Clippers though 37% from the floor and just 29% from three any positives we can take away from the defense today or in any, you know, another phase of the game, I guess that you saw.
1: Yeah, I was really pleased with Anthony Edwards defense on Paul George. Um, yeah. So when it comes to trying to defend the Clippers, if I was drawing up a game plan, taking away Paul George would be the first, um, the the first place that I go um, just because you look at what Paul George's numbers are in losses compared to wins. Uh, is much different than than Kawhi Leonard. He, Kawhi Leonard is is one of the most consistent guys in the league, um, and, and Paul George, you know, fluctuates a lot more. And so, if you can take Paul George away force James Harden to be more of a scorer, force Norman Powell to be more of a scorer. I think that's going to generally work out pretty well for you. I mean, the Timberwolves in the first game of the year held Paul George to 16 points on five of 19 shooting. Second game of the year, 18 points on five of 16 shooting. Uh, and then tonight he had uh, 15 points on five of 16 shooting. So a uh, really, really good job taking Paul George out of the game. I think that bodes well for Uh, a potential second-round playoff matchup, if that ends up being the case between these two teams. Um, And Anthony Edwards has certainly got the better of uh, of Paul George in that matchup defensively. So, Uh, And then on James Harden as well, right? Uh, Four points, 0 of of 10 shooting, 10 assists, though, uh, did impact this one as a playmaker. I think, too, the other thing, Mike Conley didn't get played off the floor in this one on these two teams' last last matchup. Uh, James Harden did a really good job of using his physicality against – Mike Conley kind of in, in the paint, just bullying him down there and shooting these little floaters over the top of Rudy Gobert that went in is how he, he got most of his offense, but, but Mike held his own and, and, and really kind of forced Harden to just be more of a passive playmaker uh, in this game. You know, he, he, he took 10 shots. A lot of them were, um, were, were just, you know, these little catch and shoot opportunities. Um, yeah, he was 0 of six from three. So, uh, and a lot of them were tough shots. Um, so mm-hmm. Got to be pleased with with the Wolves' backcourt and, and their defensive assignments and, and how they played.
0: Quick box score scouting doesn't always tell the whole story, I know, but something to go off of. Rudy, 12 straight, double-double, 12 points, 16 boards. Towns with 18. Imagine what that looks like if he does anything in the second or third quarter. Slow-mo and now both with eight off the bench. That was kind of nice. Morris was six, but Jaden, Conley, Nas Reed, combined nine total points. Take that any direction you want before we close up this first segment, which guy deserves a little bit more attention tonight for good or bad.
1: Yeah, I think it's got to be Nas Reed, right? Uh, yeah. 22, 19 and 18 in his last three games, Uh just three points on 07 shooting tonight. Again, did a great job as a rebounder, had 11 rebounds. He's, he's continued to, to be really strong uh, on the glass for the Timberwolves of late, which is something that they've really needed especially with kyle anderson being out um but but man uh the wolves would have really benefited from from any type of offense right only 25 bench points from them tonight that's been a far cry from uh the 35 or so that they've averaged since monte morris uh, has come to minnesota um and it's been a huge uh improvement from them i think they've jumped from like 24th in, in bench scoring up to 14th since monte morris got here so that's great um you know, not necessarily because of Morris, but um just with the way that the ball has moved better on um, their assist to turnover ratio has been better as a bench group since since Morris came in and, and they've just found easier offense kind of in the flow, if you will. Um, yeah, but but again, I mean everyone else scored pretty well off the bench. You got eight eight apiece from Alexander Walker and Kyle Anderson. You had excuse me, six from Monte Morris, had a couple of huge threes there uh in the fourth quarter to you know try to you know, help build a little bit of a lead for the wolves. Um, and then again, if, if Nas gives you even seven or or eight or nine or 10 points, um, you know, you're, you're walking away (laughs) thinking, thank God we got to win. No pictures on the scorecard type of win, but, um, yeah, and again, like you said, Mike Conley didn't give you any points either, uh, which is is pretty rare for Mike and, and Jaden McDaniels. Only six points. It's rare it's for one of points, those guys but, not to
0: give you points, let alone both of a, the same night, the same game. That's yeah. like unheard of, and, and, and you, and I you think, won't see that again all year.
1: Right, and I, and I think you just got to you know look at Nas too, right? Because Nas is paid to score the basketball, right? Like Mike Conley is not necessarily paid to score the basketball, and neither is Jaden, right. Um, but but yeah, man. Any any of those three, you want to you want to you, you know, ask for more scoring? I think you certainly could have. Um, just just a bummer that that all three of them had a had a tough night on the on the same night.
0: Well said. Plenty more deep dive included on in Monte Morris watch. That's all coming up right after this. Quick reminder: tonight's episode brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and official sportsbook partner. Of the NBA right now, check this out new customers, you're getting $150 in bonus bets when you win any $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets when you throw down just $5 on any bet. Right now, Wolves are six and a half to one to win the NBA finals. And the early line Monday is Wolves over the Blazers by 14 and a half. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, no better time to get in on all the action, the app. So easy to use, and they got everything you need. Money lines, parlays, prop bets, over-unders, you name it. They got it. FanDuel's got everything you need to bet on the entire NBA season, and it's by far the easiest and simplest betting app to use. Go check it out for yourself. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on today. America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. Uh, you and I didn't get to talk after that Kings overtime loss. Just wondering, just just super quick feedback you had from that one. Obviously, no Ant in the second half overtime, but as a lot of people pointed out in the stream, Kings didn't have the Aaron Fox either. So Wolves just kind of run out of gas at the end of that one. Or uh, also too, circle it this way too. Uh, any similarities, I guess, between these two losses in back to back games.
1: Right. I think you got to point to the transition, right? Yeah, again. 19 yeah. nothing in both in both games. Yes. Um, you know, probably the you know, two of the worst performances they've had there. Um, turnovers were a problem uh in, in both games and uh and, and their offensive rebounding too. I, I mean you, you look at this one, right? The Timberwolves, I believe they yeah, they had 12 offensive rebounds for 13 second chance points, but that doesn't really matter when you know the Clippers have seven offensive rebounds for 14 second chance points, mm-hmm. they outscore them. Um, you know, on, on the, on the second chances, despite having less offensive rebounds. Right. So um, you know, for the wolves, it's just those, those giveaway points, right. The, the points off turnovers, the transition points and the second chance points uh, you know, you add all those up. It's, it's been really problematic for the, for the Timberwolves um, in in these two games. And then also too, just an inability to shoot the three. Right. Um, You know, you want to look at that uh, that last game versus the Kings, what did they shoot from three? Uh, they shot 12 of 31. Um, you know, only 12 makes is, is not great yeah. for the Timberwolves, and then only nine makes from three tonight. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's just unfortunate that, you know, on nights when you're you're just kind of unable to conjure up enough offense to, to win a game that your defense really puts you in a good position to win is, is just frustrating. Um, and yeah. it's been the same thing for the Timberwolves all year long um obviously missing anthony edwards in the second half was tough you could just tell in the fourth quarter and overtime that you know the wolves were just kind of looking around waiting for for ant to to make a play and he wasn't there to be able to do it right and, and not having kyle anderson I, I think was tough uh the kings were able to to use their size a little bit and um, and make it difficult and then uh, in overtime especially you know kind of a similar theme to tonight right that the Kings went small after Sabonis fouled out yeah um, and they were able to defend pretty pretty well I think that the Wolves missed their last six shots and uh, they were able to switch pretty well with Trey Lyles in there at the five and Carl and Anthony Towns wasn't able to take advantage and Same deal tonight, right? Car Anthony Towns had a small on him, whether it was James Harden or Terrence Mann, and and just wasn't able to to take advantage of it. So, um, and then yeah, that point about the buzzer beaters, right? Um, I think you had a a a buzzer beater or two from Harrison Barnes um, in that last game, and now you have Norman Powell. Hey, get these out of the way now before we
0: get down (laughs) to crunch time at the end of the. You know what I'm saying? Get them out of the way now. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Definitely two games where I think you want to burn the offensive tape, though. For
0: sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you know what? Too, even with the loss, I mean, bottom light, bottom line. Excuse me. We always come in here and we dissect each and every game one by one. The Timberwolves are quick math: twenty-three games over five hundred. So, I mean, I'll just be blunt, point blank: how close to a championship level team are the Timberwolves as of right now?
1: Man, as of right now, yeah. I, I would say not not close. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's pretty hard to, to win a championship when you continually struggle to score the ball in clutch time.
0: Mm-hmm. I,
1: I think, you know, that's been a, a common theme, I think, for the Wolves. It's just, you know, they've they've done a pretty decent job this season of, of making sure that games don't get to clutch time, right? You know, they've been able to run right. up the score in the third quarter enough times where, you know, other teams have just kind of run out of time like we saw in that Spurs game um, you know, this past week. Right. And yeah, I mean, an elite defense is awesome, but guess what? Elite offenses tend to beat elite defenses more often than not in the playoffs. And it's really hard to just rely on an awesome defense, um, in the playoffs, but, but Hey, Anthony Edwards is, is certainly capable of being the number one guy. Uh, -hmm. we, we saw how incredible he was, uh two years ago against the Grizzlies last year against the Nuggets that certainly bodes well and when you have a guy like that that can just kind of get hot and take over a game that can really wipe away some of your offensive issues um and the good news for the Timberwolves is is they're as deep as any team in the Western Conference in terms of having nine really really solid rotation players that you feel good about playing in a playoff series I don't think they'll have to shrink that down to eight I think that they'll be able to um you know they'll be able to to keep that nine-man rotation and um, you know, and be able to kind of see what happens. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just think that the really unfortunate reality is that they don't really have a good answer for punishing teams that go small against them with Carl Anthony Towns. He just hasn't been able to really take advantage of teams putting smaller, whether it be twos, threes, fours on him. He, he really has a tough time with with driving and, and picking up offensive fouls or driving into crowds i think that's the that's the biggest thing offensively for this team is whether it's edwards towns kyle anderson mikhail alexander walker jaden mcdaniels all those guys struggle with consistently driving into crowds and turning it over on the drive and so i think the more i guess the the better uh the timberwolves can take care of the ball on the drive and create more i guess kick out three-point opportunities instead of drives to the rim uh, i think the better off they'll be but it's really tough. Um, the, the good news, though, is that a lot of teams in the Western Conference have been pretty inconsistent this year for mm-hmm. as, as deep and as loaded as the Western Conference is. Yeah, we've seen a lot of teams struggle. I mean, even look at Phoenix, right? Phoenix has been one of the worst clutch time offenses in the NBA and they have Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal and Devin. It's crazy. So yeah,
0: it's crazy. There,
1: there's a lot of things that I guess other teams struggle with that the Timberwolves can take advantage of. No mm-hmm. question about it. But Until they're able to get this offense figured out and and more effectively call plays and and figure out what works for them that they can rely on down the stretch and, and develop some sort of offensive identity in terms of clutch time play. I just am, am pretty bearish on, on the Timberwolves' ability to get past the, the second
0: round. I think that's fair, and I don't think you're really being a prisoner of the moment right now either. I will say that. I know you. I know all the way back to your preseason predictions and everything else. So in your eyes, Jack Borman's power rankings, are they the third best team in the league, the fifth, the the seventh, the ninth? Where are they right now? Just, uh, I mean, you I, don't need to go one by one, but, but about
1: I don't know. I I think just, just kind of focusing more on the Western conference. Sure. um, Yeah. You know, you'd probably have to put them in that three to four range right now, I I think in in terms of, you know, confidence level in in the playoffs. Right. I think Denver is certainly a better team than they are right now. I, I think that, I think that the way that uh, the way that Phoenix is is hopefully going to continue to trend in terms of uh, you know, some of their guys getting healthier. They've they looked pretty good since that that Royce O'Neal move. He, he's really helped them play more small ball lineups that have been effective. I know that they got three guys that get injured right or that just got injured, but but before that, uh, again, a team that uh, you know I, I think that the Timberwolves would not want to play in the. Um, uh, you know, in the in the second round of the playoffs. And then after that, I think, you know, you could put the Timberwolves third, you could uh you could put the Thunder third, you could put the the, the Wolves fourth, uh after the Thunder, you could put the Thunder fourth after the I mean it's just kind Pretty of interchangeable it, yeah, on mean, a night to night, week to week basis. Yeah, and a lot of sure. teams just have, have really struggled with consistency uh from
0: night to night. And
1: you know, the, this thing might this come down to games, who gets hot at
0: the say. end. You know, just like a lot of NFL playoffs and everything else, kind of cliche. I get it. You know, usually it does, but like, again, th- you're right. The big four at the top here, all about just kind of, yeah, they look like the number one team for a couple weeks and then they drop off a little bit. They've all kind of had their moment in the sun, so to speak, but you're right, man. I remember a month ago, I asked you who's the best team in the West. You said the Clippers, hands down. And, and right now, <laughs> I mean, that, that looks like the case for sure. Um, I, I know I'm kind of putting you on the hot seat here with these, but, but let's just say if they, don't make the finals though right which seems like a a strong probability who knows a lot can change but how much more difficult will it be next year knowing what you know about their salary cap situation and all that like is there a part of you that thinks it's gotta be now if, if they're gonna get hot go on a serious run deep in the playoffs because the cap is you know too messy to bring back some of the same group and core guys
1: no i don't think it's too messy um Frankly, I I think that honestly that the playoffs will probably inform them of of what direction they want to go. Like if the Timberwolves lose in the first round of the playoffs or, or you know bow out pretty sheepishly in the second round of the playoffs, I think that uh, they'll they'll probably explore making a major trade. Um, but you know I I think when you you have as, as much depth as they have and they have as much I, I think well-rounded and, and well-fitting talent between Ant and Jaden and Nikhil and Rudy and Nas and, and Carl on, on certain nights, th- there's just a lot to like there. And th- there's, you know, again, a, a team that's going to be able to draw on what they did this season and hopefully improve and get better next season if, if they do decide to run it back the exact same way. But, but again, I mean, you know, this is a team that for the most part, you know, outside of Carl Anthony Towns, obviously with being injured, but pretty much everyone else besides him that was in the rotation last season is, is back this season. And they've certainly taken a a huge step forward and you'd hope that the same thing would be able to, to happen next season. I guess the only frustrating part for the Wolves obviously is that they didn't have Jaden McDaniels in the playoffs last year and they didn't have Nas Reed in the playoffs last year. So you still haven't gotten a chance to fully see what this team fully constituted would look like in a playoff series and, and we'll find out. But the good news for the Timberwolves is that, you know, if they're able to stay in that one, two line, maybe even the three line, I guess is whether you, you look at teams like the Warriors, the Lakers, the Mavericks. All those teams have been pretty inconsistent and have mm-hmm. showed an ability to beat anybody on any given night, and ability to to lose to anybody on a given night. And we'll we'll end up we'll see what ends up happening. I mean, both those teams have, know, you know, t- you know a, a superstar player in Steph Curry, and then you you look at oh, Dallas and Los Angeles have have two, you know, megastar players, AD and LeBron, and then luca and kyrie so it, it's just going to be a fascinating rest of the season in terms of trying to you know some of these teams trying to figure out their identity on the fly whether you think about phoenix or minnesota um you you think about youth and experience in in okc and minnesota and how those two groups will try to figure it out and then trying to avoid that play-in series or that that play-in tournament right whether you're uh, New Orleans or, or Phoenix or Dallas or Sacramento, uh, maybe even Los Angeles, the Clippers, if if they start falling down the the ladder a little bit. So it'll it'll be fun, but I, I think we'll learn about these teams in the in the final twenty games or so. If people are able to stay healthy and, and like you said, you know, it's certainly a situation where any team that gets hot could make up for it, uh, right? Or could kind of grab the the conference by the horns, if you will. But I still think it's it's pretty clearly Denver's denver's conference but i think the thing that makes it tough to kind of suss out beyond that right now is that all these teams have been inconsistent in the way that they're winning games from night to night for the Mm -hmm. most part Mm -hmm. but again it's a it's a i guess testament to how talented and and how tough these teams are to play on any given night because they're still able to find a way to win games right yeah I, i think some people will look at this game today and think that the sky is falling for the timberwolves but they've had plenty of games where their offense hasn't been great and they've still found ways to win games because whether it's Ant or Nikhil or Carl or Nas or, or Jaden or Mike, someone has just made that one shot or two shots that have helped get them over the hump. And it, it's just going to be really, really interesting to see if, if that trend continues or if, or if Ant and Carl can really kind of separate themselves from the rest of the group in terms of being able to, to find success in the fourth quarter and, Uh, and and be that really dynamic offensive duo that we saw in that Memphis series, right? Those two were were largely pretty good offensively in, in leading them down the stretch there. So it'll be
0: yeah a a long
1: last 20 games but i was gonna say yeah if it's
0: anything like the first three quarters of the season there'll still be plenty of ebbs and flows and ups and downs for all these teams and again i think it's who stays healthy and who gets hot at the end uh one quick segment left we're going to preview that blazers game coming up tomorrow night that's all coming up right after this quick reminder today's postcast episode brought to you by prize picks guys Prize picks is without a doubt the most fun I've had playing Daily Fantasy because you can win up to 100 times your money this basketball season. That means with as little as four correct picks, you can turn your $10 into $1,000. And it's so easy to play. I can make my picks submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. Plus... PrizePix now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account all season long. And with the PrizePix reboot policy, your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. That makes PrizePix the only daily fantasy platform around that offers you extra injury insurance to give you that extra peace of mind. Right now, go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA at prizepicks.com slash LOCKEDONNBA for a 100% bonus match up to $100. Okay, we got time for just one quick 60-90 second preview for tomorrow night's matchup versus the Blazers. How how much do you think Things change in the second game of a back-to-back. If you're a coach or a player, as far as, you know, the approach, I guess, heading in, like anything you think could look different tomorrow night, I guess, maybe some guys resting or whatnot. And then part two, just your quick scouting report on the Blazers, how they've been playing as of late and, and what maybe we should expect from them.
1: Yeah. I think one thing to keep an eye on is, is just the rotation changing. Uh, you know, we, we saw Nikhil Alexander Walker now go from the six man, which he was for, for probably that second third of the season, um, to now being number nine, he, he was in that Jordan McLaughlin spot. He did not play in the first quarter. He started the second quarter. Um, Monte Morris is now kind of been that first sub off the bench with, with Naz Reed. So I think, you know, maybe they they mess around with that after how Nikhil played today, and and hope that you can kind of continue some of that offensive rhythm tomorrow. But I would be surprised if, if Mike Conley didn't play. He's he's been a guy that's actually yeah. said he he likes playing on second nights of back to back and feels he plays better on the second night of back to backs and that and, and the stats will back that up.
0: Can't play but, worse. Can't but play worse than the night.
1: But just, right. But considering the way that he he took a shot from Demonis Sabonis coming around his screen on Friday night, I, I was surprised he wasn't on the status report coming into today. Mm-hmm. So maybe you try to buy him a day off against uh against a Blazers team that you should have no problem beating, especially, excuse me, considering that I believe that, uh, are they playing today? Um, I don't, I don't know if they're playing today. I think they played, no, they played yesterday against Memphis, but, um, I don't know if DeAndre Ayton's going to play. So maybe this is a situation where you try to, uh, sit Rudy Gobert, Mm -hmm. hopefully get Carl Anthony Towns back in rhythm. Maybe you play him more at the five. If if you sit Rudy Gobert, who Chris Finch admitted was at about 85% on Friday night, so maybe that happens but but with the blazers i mean we know what they are at this point they're a, yeah. a team that really struggles to score the ball offensively especially without Shadon sharp especially without Ayton. uh malcolm brogdon has been hurt uh scoot henderson has been hurt who also has an adductor injury and, and it's really just kind of been anthony simons and jeremy grant just kind of vibing on the floor not really caring whether they win or lose games but but the Blazers did have a pretty impressive 22, 23-point comeback against Memphis in Memphis uh, yesterday. So we will be interesting to see if they can kind of continue some of that scratch and claw mentality against the Timberwolves team that has struggled to, to put teams away, right? they are up 14 in this one. Let it slip away. Let it slip away on Friday against the Kings team without De'Aaron Fox. So I'm um, just going to be really, I guess, interested to see what the level of heart and, and com- I yeah, guess how the do you bounce back the now? Have after right, two games that they really should have had, and and two games that I think if they don't end up as the number one seed in, in a in a few weeks at the end of the regular season, probably looking back and saying, you know, those were those were right there for the taking.
0: Yeah, got to bounce back strong now. Got to bounce back strong. Uh, Well done tonight, as always. Wolves lose a tough one. That's two in a row now. 89-88 versus the Clippers. Their lead in the West shrinks once again. Back-to-back for the Wolves tomorrow. Blazers are in town. That'll be a good one. Tip-off for that one, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. As always, huge shout-out to everyone that joined us on the stream. You guys are awesome. Knowledge, passion, energy. You guys got it all. Rest assured, we'll be back each and every game, same time, same place, right here, To break it all down, quick reminder to go check out all Jack's work on Twitter at Jared Borman 13 and make sure you check out the Minnesota basketball party each and every Wednesday. Sam Ekstrom hosting Ron Johnson, Carol Evans, Reggie Wilson. Plus, you always got Ben Beacon ripping it up over on the Lockdown Wolves podcast each and every day as well. That'll do it for us tonight. He's Jack Borman. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter at Luke underscore Spinman. Until next time. Signing out.